Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry, Jay Croucher. Week one, almost in the books. We got one more game, but what a start to the season it was, fellas. For some of us, yeah. For some people, it was an amazing start to the season. And for others, I don't know, I'm just picking an example out of thin air, the Giants offense. Not so much. Why are you looking at me? I'm yeah. a Jets fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Tonight you are. How are you feeling about the Commanders? We're 1-0, baby. Okay. Hall of Famer Sam Howell, his campaign has already started. Future <laughs> Hall of Famer Sam Howell has already committed. It's quite the sweat. <laughs> Listen, we didn't cover. We didn't cover. They made us work for it. Almost lost. Yeah. <laughs> the Cardinals. Probably should have, but uh, whatever. It doesn't matter, right? 1-0. You're 1-0. You're, you are what your record is, yep. right? That's the Bill Parcells quote. Yep. Commanders, 1-0. My fantasy team's... Want to know, uh, does Puka Nakua drink for free? Because he should. Who drinks for free today? Oh, yes. That's right. The Elves drink oh, for free man. today. The Elves. Because you know who else is want to know? The Elves. The Elves are want to know. Tough one for the Bengals. Let's jump right into the Roto World player news. Of course, for all your player news, go to NBCSports.com. Listen, we have a loaded show today. Weekend Warriors, Sunday Scaries, Monday Night Football preview. But let's start with the games, of course. And we'll the- get through it all. And by the way, yeah. the other thing is, is we have all week. Like, tomorrow's waiver Wire show is also going to be packed. Tons. T- we only have an hour, and they got to do commercials because they got to pay for this somehow. So, you know, it's like whatever. It's like 54 minutes or whatever it is. But we will get it to you. Just Yeah, if you don't hear a player's name today. It's coming up. It'll be okay. It'll come. But we will jump into the elves. Listen, the Browns at home beat the Bengals in pretty decisive fashion here. The score ends up 24-3. It was a close, sloppy game for the first two to three quarters of this one. But the notable story here is the Bengals' offense just falling completely flat. Joe Burrow, maybe I would say easily one of the worst games of his entire career. Obviously, that a trickle effect where T. Higgins puts up a goose egg. Jamar Chase, only five catches here. No touchdowns for either side. After the game, Barry, Burrow said week one doesn't define anyone's season, but he was pretty adamant how brutal of a day it was. Yeah, it was awful. Awful, right? Fewest fantasy points in a game in his career. Two of his three worst fantasy games, by the way, are against the Cleveland Browns. Let's give, you know, give credit where credit is due. A couple of things, I think, contributed to this. Rusty, right? He referenced yeah. that like he didn't really have a preseason because of because of the leg injury. Um, Jim Schwartz's defense, like, did a hell of a job, you know. And by the way, and the conditions were awful. Like it just it was rainy and cold and windy and disgusting. Fewest passing yards and worst completion percentage in a game in Joe Burrow's career. He failed to complete a pass of ten plus air yards for the first time in his career. Whatever. He's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL for a reason. He's a, he's a fantasy life investor for a reason. That has nothing to do there, but I just wanted to get a mention in. Um, in fact, I'm not bailing on him. He's still my guy, whatever. Um, I don't think there's a fantasy takeaway. 
Like, my point is, is that if Joe Burrow is your fantasy quarterback, it will be fine. If Jamar Chase or T. Higgins are your fantasy wide receivers, they will also be fine. T. Higgins, yes, it was not good, but they had under 90 passing yards, Joe Burrow did, right? So the fact of the matter is, is you should see, okay, well, at least T. Higgins got eight targets, right? Jamar Chase, fourth worst fantasy performance of his career, but three of his five worst fantasy games are against the Browns. I don't know. I guess I'm just sort of like, it's week one, it is what it is. And I want to give a shout out to my to my guy, Ian Harditz, because Ian Harditz made this um, comparison on the Fantasy Life Reaction Show, and I thought it was a great one. Remember a couple years ago when the Aaron Rodgers and the Packers went down to play the Saints and yeah. just got their asses was kicked? 30 right? to 3? Right, it was like no. brutal. Like, it was just like one of the worst performances ever, and everyone was just like, oh, this is the yeah, end. This is the yeah. end. Rodgers needs to yeah. hang it up, and Rodgers was like, relax. Yep. It's one game, whatever. And then, oh, by the way, Rodgers and the Packers were completely fine the rest of the season. It just, this happens from time to time in the NFL. I'm not, I guess I'm not worried at all about the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I think after that Rodgers game, he went to 40-1 to to win MVP immediately after the New Orleans loss and then goes on to win MVP. Right. Think of last year, Joe Burrow had four picks against Pittsburgh and then also was not great the following weeks and then turned it around and was an MVP candidate. So you're always going to overreact to week one because it's 100% of the sample that we've actually seen of the NFL season. But at the same time, in terms of figuring out what's real, what's not, I think my biggest takeaway from week one is that all four AFC North quarterbacks look terrible. And Burrow, Burrow is the one I'm least worried about. But Deshaun Watson, whose stat line, his fantasy stat line was okay because of the rushing. But yeah. Connor and I were texting during the game, like, what's wrong with this guy? Why can't he throw? He just yeah. can't throw anymore. There's mm-hmm. something mechanically just off. And it's just like 15-yard outs that are one-hopping. I don't understand what's happened to him. Right. Well, a couple of things here. So, first off, wow, thanks for including me on the group text. <laughs> like, what abs? Now I know where I am. It's, I'm trying not to bother you before it's, TV. It's, it's upsetting. Right. It's, it's disappointing. Yeah. I'm just whatever. Yeah. Like, Next I can ignore it yeah. if you want. Like, Connor's out of cell It just feels like I'm just, you know. But beyond that, beyond that, like, look, I'm not a Watson guy, right? I'm not a fan of the person. uh, And I haven't been in on him fantasy-wise, right? But I will say, it's not fair to say, like, eh, bad weather, what are you going to do? One game for Joe Burrow and then say, whoa, Watson didn't look great. I mean, you know, in fairness, I'm with you. Like, uh, there is a longer track record of Joe Burrow being really good in the NFL more recently than Deshaun Watson. So that you, you give him that. But I will say that we can't. I don't know that I want to put a lot on this performance by Deshaun Watson. I agree. He did not look good. But, again, the weather was brutal, and he didn't need to be good. And to your point, again, we talked about this. Like, last year, he was as bad as possible over those final five games, and he was still, like, QB 15 on points per game basis because the rushing gives you a reasonable floor. Over 20 fantasy points in this one. He had, I believe, 45 rushing yards. He does get the touchdown. 45 rushing yards on five rushes, by the way. And some of them were designed runs. So, I mean, that is... That's, that comes with Deshaun Watson. That's part of the package. Yep. I think the thing is, is coming into the season, it was, all right, is Deshaun Watson the guy from Houston or is he the guy from the last six weeks of last year? Yesterday, he looked exactly like the guy he was the last six weeks of the season. And that's fair. also, the pick that he threw, he didn't throw those interceptions in Houston from my memory. That was an awful interception to throw. I think there's also another layer to this, guys, where will Deshaun Watson even be asked to be that guy in Houston? Yep. Remember, they played from behind a lot. They did throw a lot in different scripts. And under Stefanski, they have Nick Chubb. Behind Deshaun Watson. They, they, they also they, have an elite defense. Really, that, thank yes. you. That's yeah. exactly right. I mean, so, and by the way, and they're not playing in the, in, uh, indoors. And, and you would argue that actually in Houston, when he had peak DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, 
right? I mean, like, he actually probably had better weapons than he might do here. Like, again, I, I mean, I like Njoku. Amari Cooper is a legit uh, wide receiver one. If there's one positive takeaway, seven targets for your guy, Elijah Moore. And also, I just want to point this out. There were four targets for Nick Chubb. Yep. Again, whatever. It was four for 21. But if they're gonna, if Nick Chubb's going to get three or four receptions a game, that suddenly becomes really interesting for Nick Chubb. You know, he's not suddenly going to become, you know, McCaffrey or Eckler, but he could get, like, the very next year. He could be, like, you know, um, he could be number three running back in fantasy. If, again, the passing game usage is very encouraging. On to the shootout of Sunday, the Dolphins traveling to Los Angeles and taking on the Chargers. They take, Hang on for one second. Before yeah. we on, does, is there a takeaway, though? I mean, I, you're nervous about Watson, but if Watson's your starting fantasy quarterback, are you doing – like, we're saying with the Bengals, whatever. It's one week, whatever. Um, but if Watson is your starting quarterback in fantasy, are you doing anything about that? I don't think so because it's still one week and he still did have the 45 yards on the ground and the touchdown. So that gives you enough of a flaw that even if he's not good, he still gives you the rushing. And also, it's one week and he still right. does have a lot of upside. So I'm not dropping him or anything. That, that is my take right there. And if somebody, like, if somebody in your league for some reason is panicking on Joe Burrow, says, like, I'll give you – like, Give me Joe Burrow to Sean Watson the, the rest of the season. Like, if somebody's willing to make that trade, I would absolutely take Joe Burrow. Uh, but I'm with you. Uh, I think, you know, Watson will be fine because of the rushing. Yeah, I think that highlights the bigger point. There was a lot of poor quarterback performances oh, yesterday oh, oh, from dude. guys that were drafted. I mean, we're talking about second, third, fourth-round fantasy picks. But one guy that did not struggle was Tua Tungabailoa, throwing no. for 466 passing yards. As Tua, the Tua and Tyreek combination goes wild in Los Angeles against Brandon Staley's Chargers defense, we got to hear from head coach Mike McDaniel after the game on that Tua-Tyreek connection. That's an off-season um, of, you know, more than just two guys, but those two guys are a great example of not um, focusing on anything but their craft. There's a lot of noise that can occur um, a lot of statements that can ma- be made, um, you know, the National Football League, and those are two guys that really worried about the right stuff. So um, that's the ultimate um, hope as a coach is that, you know, all that time invested and, uh, you know, th- those high standards that you're holding yourself to, um, that that's rewarded. And I think today uh, it definitely was. They were on, They were on the same page for sure. I like that Mike McDaniel looks like when people make the fake podium videos yeah. for the internet. That's kind of what he, he looks and sounds like. He always like. speaks like he should just be in a movie with James Franco and Seth Rogen yes. at all times. Yes. Right. Like, let's get him in Pineapple Express. Yes. I mean, Offensive it, genius, though. Yeah. That's Offensive genius, but yeah. But definitely some combination of like, you know, right. Pineapple Express mi- mixed with Bill Belichick. Yes. Like, you're just right. You know, like at, in terms of a press conference, right? Just kind of like, yeah. Um, uh, we love Mike McDaniel here. He always drinks for free. I thought Deb McCourty on the on the post game show, the the football night, the Sunday night football post game show that airs on Peacock. Deb McCourty actually made a great point, which is like, why are you guarding these guys in man coverage? Like if Brandon Staley for some yeah. reason chose to like just go man coverage against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and you're like, 
Yeah, these guys aren't normal wide receivers. Like, what do you get? So we'll see, you know, if other teams like pay attention and be like, ah, maybe we should, maybe we should play too deep. And, you know, like just give them the underneath stuff and just not getting burned completely and totally. I will say this. Particularly when there's no Taron Armstead and you've got right. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa I mean, going like, up against. I mean, right. Ah. It, it, was, it was a weird game, a very weird game from the Chargers' point of view. We'll get into their offense in a second here. Um, the only other thing I will say here is I just, you know, I don't want to make a mess here, but I just want to imaginary pour one out for everyone out there who was sitting there in the end of their first round and was sitting there trying to decide between Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill, oh. and they chose Cooper <laughs> Cup. Because that definitely happened. A lot. That definitely happened oh, yeah. a lot, where people were like, ah, you know, right there, like, Jefferson and Chase are off the board, you know, Eckler's gone, CMC's gone, maybe Kelsey and Bijan are gone, whatever. But you're sitting there going like, ah, do I want Cooper Cup? Do I want Tyreek Hill? But the volume. Cup doesn't have a Jalen Waddle next to him. Yeah, exactly. And now you're waking up not feeling so good today. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and you were concerned about Tyreek Hill's off-the-field issues and whatever. This is a tough morning if you're one of those guys. Yep. There was, if you look at Tyreek's stats last year and games that just Tua finished and Tua, the thing with Tua yeah. is that last year he had these games where he just inexplicably was terrible, like against the Chargers where I think he was 10 of 28. Yeah, he was and bad. He, he looked like he didn't know what planet he was on and not, not to make light of it, but maybe he just genuinely right. did not know yeah. what planet he was on. Was and he was not healthy because of the concussion stuff. And then yesterday, uh, he looked magnificent. And he's, <laughs> Tua talking about all right now is a joint favorite to an MVP. That's how quickly it has risen for him. And he was a monster yesterday, clearly. Well, some Somebody on Fantasy Football pregame Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern on Peacock every Sunday morning was asked, like, you know, how confident are you in starting Tua Tungavailoa? And I said, totally. And they were like, how many beers do you need? I'm like, zero beers. Right. Like, really? No concerns? Yeah. I'm like, none whatsoever. Yeah, one like, diet soda. Right. I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Like, again, like, there's injury concerns, but there's injury concerns with every NFL player. All right, so you just know, like, if he's out there, you start him. Like, it's one of the reasons why I had him as a top 10 fantasy quarterback coming into the season as well. Quarterback is a replaceable position in fantasy. And when he's right, when he's out there, we see what he can do. Um, Weirdly, uh, somebody who wasn't great, he bails you out with a rushing touchdown. But on the other side of the ball, Justin Herbert. I mean, like, all of a sudden the chart in a game in which the score was 36-34, Justin Herbert who, Jay, was who you were pitching me to make my ride or die. And by the way, I was in on it. Like, I was considering it. He was on my short list. Like, he made my love list this week. And again, he had 18 rushing yards, and he had the one-yard uh, touchdown. That, so, seven points, which bails you out. He ultimately finishes with over 20 fantasy points. So, it's fine. Um, you know, from a, from a box score fantasy perspective, he was fine this week. You know, he was an elite fantasy quarterback. But... 228 passing yards, you know, in a game in which they did 40 rushing attempts in this game. Yeah. The Chargers did. Staley's not a good coach. He's just not a good coach, I don't think, based on the evidence we've seen. His star, remember two years ago against the Browns where he went for every fourth down and he basically yeah. won them the game? His star has fallen so much since yeah, then. I agree. Why was he playing Herbert and Williams in that Denver game in Week 18? Mm-hmm. How did they blow a 30-3 lead against Jacksonville? What is he doing yesterday with Tyreek uh, and Waddle? I just, I don't know. It's not, it's not good. It feels like they don't maximize their talent. No, it doesn't. The other thing I will say is, is that this is something that Jason Garrett spoke about, same thing on the, on the, on the Peacock postgame show from uh, Sunday Night Football, which he just talked about. Everyone thought Kellen Moore was going to come into L.A. and just throw it all around. And so it's like, no, he wants to run the ball. I mean, again, you think about sort of Zeke and Pollard back in Dallas as well. And so here you had a very balanced backfield, right? 16 carries for Austin Eckler. 
and Austin Eckler doing Austin Eckler things, 117 yards and a touchdown, including 447 uh, in terms of reception. So Austin Eckler, proud investor of FantasyLife.com. Thank you very much. But also, how about Josh Kelly? 16 for 91 and a touchdown. Like, a couple things here. Number one is is that there may be some – this game sort of got, you know, a little bit crazy. Um, but I think there may be some standalone value for Josh Kelly this year. And certainly it's very clear – Was is it Kelly? Is it Isaiah Spiller? Like, who, who is kind of the insurance back for Austin Eckler if you roster him? Kelly is clearly the guy and um, should be a priority on the waiver wire. Well – after, you know, a couple of obvious other guys. But, right, you know, like, if you won the week one and, like, you know, or and you have Eckler or whatever, and, like, you're not going to get, like, Puka Nakua and, right. like, some of the other guys that we're going to talk about. A great 2-2 Atwell. Yeah, exactly. A great 2-2 Atwell, two like two a Ravens running. running back, et cetera. You know, we'll get to all that. But, um, anyway, I just – that was that was the biggest takeaway here uh, uh, from the Chargers for me. Yep. Over in Jacksonville, Colts, uh, the Jaguars traveled to Indianapolis for this game. We got to see Anthony Richardson make his NFL debut. But I think more importantly even than that, before we get there, Calvin Ridley back in style, guys. What a return it was for Calvin Ridley. Ends up having over 24 fantasy points. He's standing as wide receiver five right now. I mean, Jay, I think the big question of Calvin Ridley was he had a lot of time off. He dealt with the suspension for a year. He did have the full summer with Trevor Lawrence. It wasn't a, will he be a good NFL player again? It's, will he reestablish himself as a number one wide receiver? And week one against the Colts, he showed he's ready to do that. Yep. Two, the two players I was most interested to see in the NFL this week, who I thought were the two highest variance players coming into the season were Deshaun Watson and Calvin Ridley for yeah. different reasons. But Deshaun, not great. Hold there. We'll see what happens. Calvin Ridley, though, answered every question. It's a Colts defense that was feistier than I thought it would be. Sure. And uh, he looked exactly like the guy that he left off being. So, I mean, I think he is a top 10 wide receiver going forward and just looks like a monster. 100%. I mean, look, if you read my 10 list of 10 column, uh, I mentioned, and by the way, shout out to Dwayne McFarland who who talked about this. The fact of the matter, like this, should not be a surprise to anyone that watched the preseason or read my ten lists or or follows Dwayne McFarland on Twitter. Which is the fact of the matter is he was just talking about the fact the utilization of Calvin Ridley was ridiculous in terms of the amount of uh, percentage of snaps that he was playing and the routes that he was running with the first team offense. Again, all small sample size stuff, but again, 34% target share, 50% of the team's red zone targets in this one, 11 targets. He played on over 80% of the offensive snaps in this one. It's going to be him and Zay Jones. I mean, that's the big, the biggest takeaway is not only that, hey, it's going to be Calvin Ridley. It's an ascending offense. It's an elite quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. It's a pass happy and pass first offense under Doug Peterson. But more importantly, by the way, Christian Kirk relegated just to the slot. It is Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside, and it's Ridley and Jones, and then Kirk is sort of more, felt like at least in game one, kind of the number three pass catcher in a distant third. Because, again, they sometimes they go with 12 personnel. and so yeah. Still have Evan Ingram there? Yeah, mm-hmm. they still have Evan Ingram there as well. Um, we talk about the running backs here, but, uh, yes, this is not a fluke with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, and Kirk only played 61% of snaps uh, after never being below 75% last year. Yeah. So that's pretty kind of red flags for Christian Kirk early. He, he was fifth on the team in targets, mm. right? I mean, this is somebody who last year had six or more targets in 14 of 17 games. He had three targets. I, you know, I mean, again, not only was Ridley, Jones, and Ingram, but ETN got more uh, targets than him uh, uh, as well. Um, you know, he only got two more targets than Tank Bigsby. It's concerning. It is concerning. <laughs> that is not what there you go. Well done. Connor's You're not concerns. the host of a, of a streaming service show for nothing. That is just not quickly, a good job. Not what you want to hear. Just quickly on ETN, 
Uh, a lot of concerns about Bigsby eating into his workload. I mean, he got 18 carries. He had five receptions. Like, that, that was a good outcome for Travis Etienne right. yesterday. Yes, Bigsby did steal some of his work. But I think if he's getting that much, that percentage of usage, he's fine and he'll be a, you know... A... And Etienne had a chance at another play. Like, yep. a, Lawrence just missed him and, and um, another big play there. And so, yeah, exactly. Bigsby is... Bigsby's going to have a role, but like if Bigsby doesn't score the touchdown, he's sort of – I don't think he has standalone value at the moment. He yep. may eventually. We may get there. But, yeah, right now he is just – he's very important. He's insurance for ETN, but yep. that's about it. Yep. On the other side, we got to see the highly anticipated debut of Anthony Richardson. A lot of promise from Richardson in the game, and we got to hear from him on his first NFL start. So I, I was pretty hyped, you know, getting here. I was pretty focused, pretty calm. Um, throughout the game, you know, emotions were everywhere. I was happy. I was a little bit more chill than I was happy again. So uh, that was that. And then after the game, you know, uh, I was a little hurt, you know, because I feel like we had it. You know, uh, we just got to clean some things up as an offense. You know, I feel like the defense helped us out a lot. We just couldn't, you know, do anything for them at the time. But you know, I felt good throughout the whole thing. And, you know, it's just something we got to learn from and just work on. I'm all right. You know, uh, more so hurt that we lost uh, than, than my knee. But, other than that, no, I'm good. That last quote from Richardson was him addressing the shot he took to his knee down near the goal line. Guys, sounds like he'll be okay. He throws for a touchdown in this game. He runs for a touchdown in this game. His 10 rushing attempts and 40 yards ends up leading the Colts in rushing. I think, listen, we've talked about the difference between Richardson as an NFL player and a fantasy player this yeah, season. Yeah. I think definitely from the fantasy perspective, Barry, you couldn't ask for much more in this in this guy's NFL debut. We headed him on Night Football, and he's a top five fantasy quarterback right. in Week One. Like we talked about this in the preseason. Like you know, I had him as a low end QB one, and I thought I I had him significantly. What I said was, I'm at QB twelve. He's currently going at QB sixteen, so I have him significantly ahead of consensus, and I think I'm too low on him. Right? I mean, and so he's he's a top five fantasy quarterback. I think there are a couple positives here. He handled two of the three goal-to-go carries that he got there. You mentioned about the rushing. But also, by the way, the passing, I think, was better than anyone expected. Right? I mean, again, he was 24 of 37, so he completed 65% of his passes. He had over 220 yards. He had the one interception, but still threw for a touchdown as well. Like, like that you'll live with that he looked you'll, the part there was looked, never a time he, where like Bryce Young his head was spinning yesterday CJ Stroud at times tough one for Richardson I mean he really looked in, he's like he had to put the whole offense on his back and looked the part throughout the game yeah. I thought it was incredibly impressive because he was the guy who's supposed to be the least ready yes, of those yes. three and he looked by far the most ready and you just see him in the press conference as well he's got an incredible presence he's, right. he's very well he just seems like he's in control uh, and the fact that he added uh, the work on the ground as well. I mean, Connor, what did you make of uh, just overall Young, Stroud, and Richardson yesterday? I thought Richardson is a guy where it goes to show you of looking the part of an NFL quarterback, right? Being 6'5", 240, yeah. being able to take the hits, being able to break tackles down in the red area for more yards, especially for first downs, and the confidence. And let's, let's be real. Shane Steichen is a total game changer yep. for him to have that coach in his ear as a rookie. This is a guy that didn't play a lot in college. Now he has a guy that you can call maybe almost a quarterback quarterback whisperer, what he did with Jalen Hurts. Now he's doing that with Anthony Richardson. So I like the offense for him, but I think the skill set also gives him a higher floor than the rest of the guys that had to play right away. Yeah. A couple, Bryce couple, Young's just got no weapons as well. Yeah, right. A couple, not, a couple yeah. other things that work in Richardson's favor here. First off, by the way, they were close. They were competitive. Like at no point were they blown out so they had to become no. a one-dimensional offense. They were able to, like it was like 14-7, 17-14. It, like it was close game throughout, throughout the game. So I think number one, that helped because they could be more balanced and they weren't just one-dimensional. The other thing is, is like honestly, like Evan Hall gets banged up. 
Deion Jackson's brutal in this. He, yeah. Like, he loses two fumbles. So, basically, I, I mean, I feel like if Jonathan Taylor is playing for this team, and we'll see, right? Report came out before the game that he is – that Jonathan Taylor is going to clear his physical and ready to go as soon as he's able to come out in week four, whether they let him, whether he's still on the Colts. Who knows? It's still a mess. But the fact is, is that if Jonathan Taylor were back there, does he get all the goal line work? That's a question. You know, he's going to sap some – some value from whoever the starting running back of the of the Colts is, but if Jonathan Taylor is with the Colts, Taylor's obviously going to take some some of For that sure. off of Richardson. Having said that, though, if you invested a pick in Anthony Richardson, you have to be thrilled. That that's as good a performance NFL and fantasy wise as you could hope from Anthony Richardson. I mentioned this when I interviewed him at the NFLPA rookie premiere. He was my favorite interview. Yep. I talked about that. Like I'm just telling you, this kid is focused and really impressive. You saw that in the, in the post-game press conference as well. So, sky's the limit for Anthony Richardson. Very exciting. Um, I think he's he's still a QB1. Like yep. start him if you got him. Yep. I'd rather have him over to Sean Watson. Thousand percent. Not even close. Yeah. Moving over to Eagles Patriots here. This game started out as and the only bad other thing I'll say there is other than Pittman, like you, there's no other. You know, the running backs are a mess. Josh Downs was nice here, um, but it's I Richardson. Feel it's, it's Richardson yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so things couldn't have started worse for New England in this game against the Eagles. A lot of mm-hmm. mistakes to go around, and then New England really scratched and clawed their way back in at home. They lose a, a kind of a heartbreaker there. Keishon Butte can't get the second foot in bounds there at the end. They turn over on Downs. For the Eagles in this game, not a great game for Jalen Hurts, of course, but Kenneth Gainwell ends up dominating the backfield. I think that's the big fantasy storyline. Rashad Penny, not active. Yeah, not active. Healthy scratch. Healthy scratch in this game. <clears throat> I mean, obviously not much going at all for DeAndre Swift. This has been the backfield all summer, guys, that we've kind of scratched our heads at, Jay. But listen, a month ago, we talked about this. Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a par, and Barry, you said it. Kenneth Gainwell is not going anywhere. He ends up being by far and away the leading back here. Yeah, on one of the best offenses in football, behind one of the best offensive lines in football. And if you don't have Kenneth Gainwell on your team, you only have yourself to blame. This is from a month ago. Listen to this. Kenneth Gainwell had 11 goal-to-go carries. Only eight fewer over the course of the season than Miles Sanders. But I think what we're all saying here is that uh, Kenneth Gainwell is basically free in drafts. And so if you want to take a dart throw at the Eagles running back situation, which we all don't know, right, because Swift is going to have a role, Penny's going to have a role, obviously Hurts is always a threat to vulture a touchdown when you're getting close to. The fact of the matter is, is Gainwell will have a role, and of all the running backs, he's by far the cheapest. And why not throw a last-round pick or you know a late-round pick on Kenneth Gainwell? We're a pretty humble show, I would like to say. We, we don't really – but sometimes you just need to pat yourself on the back. I'm just saying a little bit. Especially little you. Bit. Like, out of anybody on the desk that should do it, just a little bit more of that. Well, listen, you guys know me. I'm, yep. I'm never about me. I'm always like, you know, listen, I'm team first. I, no, no, don't put the attention on yeah, me. Yeah. I don't want to talk Let about Connor me. Let Jane Conner do this. No, 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 yeah. absolutely not. Yep. Yep. It's, you know, there's no I in team. You know, you know me. I'm always – I'm always, like, the first one to shun the spotlight. No, 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 no questions. No, 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 no photos. Let me just yep. – but uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to grind away and do the work. But, yes, in this one particular case, I will allow a little bit of, uh, of um, you know, victory lapping. Any, uh, any concern about the Eagles' offense? Because it didn't look good. Didn't no, look it good did at not all. look good. I, probably I, just the product of I'm, the Patriots' defense. But a little, little concern that it wasn't more kind of all cylinders. They really should have lost that game. 
Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that Jalen Hurts, who I had as my number one quarterback and who was a top three quarterback for every single person out there doing fantasy, was the second best fantasy quarterback on, the, on that field yesterday by a wide margin. But suddenly Mac Jones, like, you know, and we'll talk about that in a second, but because um, I think that's a little bit of a fluke. But yes. The script was bizarre. In this this, game, it was by a the bizarre way. script, and yeah. they suddenly they had to throw a ton. And, um, but yes, Jay, to answer your question, I am concerned. Again, like, you know, we saw this a little bit after, after Lamar Jackson's 2019, right? When he had that crazy season, when we saw this a little bit after Mahomes, like when he went nuts, like the league adjusts. And everyone that has the Eagles on their schedule this year is like, okay, I'm playing Jalen Hurts. I'm playing the Eagles. I'm playing the NFC champions this year. Let me figure out what they did. Let me get prepared for this. And so, obviously, Belichick and the Patriots were prepared for the Eagles. Also, it's the first game of the season. It's rough. By the way, weather wasn't great in New England yep. either. But, yeah, like, like, I don't know that there's a takeaway other than, you know, you're still next week. You're still starting A.J. Brown, you're still starting Devontae Smith, you're still starting Jalen Hurts, you're still starting Dallas Goddard despite the fact he had a brutal game, right? You're still doing, you know, but are you like, eh, I'm fine, no worries. No, you're, I'm right, and it's what's weird is, is that they were better offensively than the Bengals, and yet I feel better about the Bengals' offense than I do about the Eagles. Am am I crazy there? No, it's because there is no way that Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase can fail over a full season with health. There is potentially a way that the Eagles' offense just might not be as good as last year. And you raised the point about teams that have the Eagles on their schedule. Those teams are just better than the teams that had the Eagles on their schedule last year because the Eagles had the easiest schedule in football just about. So I do think there are some concerns, but again, there's no action outside of kind of paying attention to the feeling in your stomach, which is a little bit queasier. Little, yeah. Little, little nerve-wracking. And the other thing is, is, yeah, you know, listen, Kenneth Gainwell, who was a top 23 running back as we head into Monday Night Football, they play Minnesota on Thursday night. That's a defense you want to go against, yes. right? That, that could, that's the one positive is that Philadelphia has a short week to turn it around and they get the Vikings <laughs> yeah. on Thursday night. If ever there was, like, you know, a solve. Of like, they made Baker Mayfield look good, oh, yeah. uh, you know, on Looks Sunday. Right, so, right. And then they're at Tampa Bay uh, on Monday night football. They get my commanders and then they're at the Rams. So the schedule does get a little bit easier for Philadelphia uh, here in the next few weeks. One other thing we were watching in this game was the New England backfield, of course, with Ramondre Stevenson and the newly signed Ezekiel Elliott. Ramondre ends up getting 12 carries and six receptions. Ezekiel Elliott only seven carries and five receptions. So not a ton of surprise, Barry, by the usage of these two players. The only thing that was interesting is that that Zeke gets five receptions. Again, like, I mean, so right, Ramondre six for 64 in the passing game. Great, you'll take that all day, every day. Uh, You know, and Zeke was just five for 14, but still... You know, that's I mean, seven that, targets, right? Well. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the interesting thing here. I think they would have. Uh, it's that those are those five receptions were his most since week twelve of twenty twenty one. He was tied for second on the team in targets. You, you mentioned about the about the seven targets. So, um, and there was one goal line snap right when uh, the Patriots went for that two point conversion, and Zeke was in the backfield. Not surprisingly, so um, that was the only thing that was a little bit surprising to me was Zeke's passing game usage. So there may be some more standalone value to Zeke than we thought, other than just uh, being you know Ramondre insurance. Uh, but Ramondre still finishes as, you know, a top 12 fantasy running back. He played on 74% of the snaps. He got 60% of the team's running back carries. Ramondre is going to be fine. I will say this. The two other stars, like Mac Jones had a crazy game where he just he threw it a ton. I don't Dropped imagine. Dropped back like 60 times. Yeah, I don't think that's going to ever <laughs> no. happen again. That's not what they. Pretty good. Not, <laughs> right? He, right? He, they're not built that way. He does, they don't want him to be that guy. 
Um, but I think the two other big takeaways for me is, number one is, like, the Patriots offense is going to be functional this year, which last year it wasn't. It's going to be functional this year. Mac Jones, I think, is going to be a viable bi-week guy, or if you're in a deep two-quarterback league, like, I think you potentially could get some. And, and I think Kendrick Bourne is going to be a thing. Now, Devontae Parker wasn't active for this game, um, but – Kendrick Bourne, I thought, looked great. 20% target share. Obviously, the two touchdowns, but whatever, six for 64. But I thought he just, this is somebody that has, when he has gotten opportunities, has looked good. And we talked in the preseason about Hunter Henry being a thing. Hunter, start your, you know, start your tight ends against Philadelphia. Like, Hunter Henry, like, anytime touchdown, that cashed. Great, obviously. But I do think those two guys are going to be things in a better-than-you-think Patriots passing attack. Hunter Henry is going to have like 750 receiving yards and nine touchdowns and be very viable. I mean, Mac Jones is looking for him in the end zone. So, yeah, I think he, he will be a very viable tight end. Our final game here, Rams-Seahawks. Maybe, Jay, one of the betting surprises of the week. I mean, yeah. the Rams pouring it on in this one, winning 30-13 to against Seattle. The Seahawks offense in the second half literally non-existent. No Cooper Cup, no problem for the Rams because Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell combined for 238 yards. Yeah, and even more than the receivers, to me the biggest takeaway is that Matthew Stafford looked fantastic physically. Like yeah. He just looked like Matthew Stafford again, the guy who literally won the Super Bowl 18 months ago, which seems yeah. weird because they're in such a strange place now. But, I mean, Connor, did you see this coming from Puka Nakua? Not this. <laughs> no, not this. Never underestimate what Sean McVay... <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. find that one? Yeah. I, no, did I, no. Hang on. Did you saw I, all the fifteen targets coming. I did. I did not see ten for one nineteen. I did not. Right. But, but you guys, you got. Like, I was there. Yeah. I, I, yes. I, 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 I have brought it up. I brought it up. Like, hey, this is somebody grab stash on your bench. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I'm not sitting here claiming that I, I told you to start him because sure. I didn't. But I did say like, and we talked about him. I, I and I was like, what do the Rams have in Puka Nuko yeah. when 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 we knew that Cooper Cup was going on the on the injury report for week one. You know, we talked about Puka Nakua, and we've talked about him in the preseason. Just, like, this is a guy I know they like. He's having a strong camp, and they like him a lot. And that's a name. I think what I actually said was he's a name to be on your radar and just somebody to grab and stash. And, you know, I certainly didn't recommend starting him. I certainly didn't expect 10 for 119 in week one. But, like, this is not the first time we've mentioned this guy's name. Yeah. So the question is now. So they've basically got three receivers who are potentially relevant. In Nakua, Tutu Atwell, and Van Jefferson – so how do we order these three? So I think Nakua kind of has to be number one now after 100%. 15 targets. I think yep. maybe Atwell has to be yes. above Jefferson, and then Jefferson's three. That is the and correct order. probably would yep. have had it flipped going into yesterday, yeah. but I think after yesterday, that has to be the order. Because we had seen it the other way. Yeah. We hadn't seen Puka play in the NFL. Tutu Atwell has really done nothing since he was no. drafted in the second round by the Rams a couple of years ago. But this is why Tutu Atwell was drafted, to win down the field. You see the five deep targets in week one. It's mm-hmm. had second most in the week. And then Nakua, he's clearly a guy that can be a possession player for them as well. And I think the most notable thing is for me, Sean McVay, no matter if Cooper Cup is out or not, will never change who he is. They are an 11 personnel team. They yep. lead the league in most 11 personnel usage, three wide receivers on the field, and Stafford could still throw the ball. A thousand percent. And he also likes to lock in on somebody. 15 targets for Puka Nakua. Like, that tied for the the, uh, the most in week one. Him and Tyreek Hill. Like, I mean, like, you know, hands up if you had, you know, if you had Tyreek Hill and Puka Nakua tied for the team lead, uh, t- the NFL lead in targets in week number one. Uh, he also tied for the team lead in routes run as well. One of only two players with a 40% target share in week one. The other one, by the way, also a rookie, Zay Flowers. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But um, I will say that number one is, and I put this on a Twitter and I got a bunch of pushback. People were like, ah, whatever, it's a hamstring injury with Cooper Cup. I don't know, guys. I mean, if there's one positive, it's the fact the Rams won this game. 
right? Because we were worried about, like, do they shut Cooper Cup down if they're 0-4 when he comes back or whatever? Right, so the fact of the matter is is that the Rams might be better than we think or just the Seahawks might be worse. Whatever, we'll see. But the – but – so that's a positive there. But I will say – and we'll talk about this tomorrow on the Wave Wire Show – if you did not listen to us earlier and grab and stash Puka Nakua, I would be hyper-aggressive in trying to get him. I don't think this is a fluke. I, I'm just telling you, I know he's had a very strong camp. I know they really like him. And I am nervous about the long-term health of Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think Cooper Cup will probably play this year. But if you told me that he doesn't play a game this season, I would not be shocked by right. that, given what's swirling around there. Other it's things- just weird, right, with the yeah. nerve damage. and he's seeing spe- if, like, if, it's a, if it's a typical hamstring injury, Connor, he's not just... It's a it's a hammy. Yep. Right? He lives in L.A. where some of the best doctors and specialists in the world live. And so you're not flying all over the country going yep. like trying to find specialists if it's just a hamstring injury. I know I have no inside information on this. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves of what has been said publicly here, which is, again, and Sean McVay said, like, maybe there's some nerve damage. Like, they don't yep. know. It's, to the, it's It's weird, That's is the, the thing. point. Lo- yeah. Last thing on the Rams, uh, the big concern of what made them a mess last year, among other things, was the offensive line. Stafford dropped back 41 times yesterday, zero sacks, which is a great sign. Big step. Yeah, the, the other big thing for this game, real quickly, I know we've got to get to injuries, so, but like, we've got to talk about the running backs here for a second, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is, is like, as much as I want to pat myself on the back for Puka Nakua, and I want to pat myself on the back for uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I did not see Kieran Williams over Cam Akers coming. I you didn't. got the volume right for Cam I, Akers. Yeah, I mean, like, right. I mean, that's, that was my argument for Cam Akers. Like, look, this guy is going to get 20 touches a game. And he did. He got 22 rushes. He got, um, you know, he, only 29 yards, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, he got the, he got the, he got the volumes. Um, but the concern is, is like, uh, of the 22 carries, eight of them came with the final four minutes mm. of the game mm. when the Rams had a big lead. When the game was competitive, it was, Two to one, Kieran Williams over Cam Akers. He had 67, this is Williams now, 67% of the team snaps, a career high 15 touches, the first two touchdowns of his career. Like, like I mean, I did mention Kieran Williams like last year, and then I <laughs> yeah. bailed I on it. When it, when it. We, we, you know, I was yeah. in on Kieran Williams last year, and then I bailed on him when, you know, there was the Cam Akers show down this. So I don't know what to make of it other than the fact that clearly Kieran Williams is going to be a thing, yep. and you have to be. Con- Again, Cam Akers bailed you out with a last-second touchdown, but when my rankings come out next week, I will certainly have Williams over Akers, and I'd be super nervous if Akers was one of my two starting running backs. Yep, agreed. All right, let's take a look at injury updates before we take our first break here. Unfortunately, plenty of injuries in week one. The most notable one, guys, was obviously J.K. Dobbins because Ugh. he is out for the year with the torn Achilles. Dobbins has dealt with injuries his entire NFL career. But this is a totally different blow. This isn't a a reoccurring or a setback. This is a classic season-ending injury right here that you just hate to see. It's awful. This poor kid cannot catch a break. Um, You know, and as somebody who who, uh, once spent a first-round pick on J.K. Dobbins in Dynasty League many years ago, um, I am uh, highly, highly aware of everything uh, that young man has struggled with. So I feel terrible for him. You have to hope maybe he can have a Cam Akers-like return. I mean, Cam Akers, you know, actually came back the same season when he tore his Achilles as well. And so it's early in the season. You never know. But you have to believe that Dobbins is likely done for the season since being drafted in 2020. He's played just 24 games in four seasons. So it's just tough. My expectation here, and we'll talk about this, but it's going to be Justice Hill and Gus Edwards for the uh, the Ravens. They're going to activate Melvin Gordon off the practice squad. It's going to be a committee. I wonder if 
you know, guys, do they do they kick the tires on Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt? Like, did they get one of those guys in there as well with the loss of Dobbins? It looked like he was on his way to having, you know, he had the touchdown. He was on his way. This looked like it was going to be a good season for Dobbins, and that's a shame. We'll talk more about it. I think if I had to pick right now, give me Hill over Edwards just because of the passing game usage. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, very quickly, though, uh, Anthony Richardson um, said he's fine. Aaron Jones says he doesn't think it's that big a deal either. Uh, we wait to hear on Lockett, Deontay Johnson, um, and, uh, the, and Jacoby Myers. Yeah. Uh, the only other one I'll mention is Greg Dulcich because Adam Trotman was already getting some looks. Right. Like, again, considering how tight and desperate we are out there, Adam Trotman will probably be mentioned tomorrow when we do waivers. All right, we're going to break when we're back. Weekend Warriors and Sunday Scaries. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Your belief in Jordan is well-founded, huh? Yes, sir, and I think he just went out there and proved it and shown a lot of people that, hey, I, I can do this at a high level, so... Um, Pat on my back for seeing it, I guess. <laughs> no, but uh, just so happy for him and the way he competed and led the team out there. And, and we're going to continue to stay behind him, and he's going to be a great quarterback. That was Aaron Jones on being right about Packers quarterback Jordan Love. And as we get into weekend Warriors here, I mean, you got to start with the Packers offense. A great, yeah. uh, I don't want to call it NFL debut because we've seen Jordan Love, but now it's the Jordan Love That's era right. for yeah. Green Bay. That's a late actor. 23, yeah, lead actor, throws for the three touchdowns, chips in the 12 rushing yards as Green Bay's dominance over Chicago continues here, Barry. This entire offense looked good under Jordan Love. Apparently it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers that owned the Bears. Apparently the entire city of Green Bay. The and the has been Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, it, it was really impressive. And I think what's interesting here is that if you have Packers skill players, you're like, okay, great. Because, again, Jordan Love was one of these great unknowns, right? In a game in which Christian Watson didn't play, they were still able, and they were on the road at Chicago typically a tough place for a quarterback to play they still they move the ball very look effectively tough. they yeah. look they look no they yeah. they were they were great i mean yep. aaron jones free aaron jones is what happens when you free aaron jones he left the game late with a hamstring injury but he says he thinks he'll be fine he's had a he's had a hurt hamstring and he said it didn't feel like that again let's see how uh, the news comes out here in the next day or two but as we enter monday night football no one had more fantasy points at the running back position than Aaron Jones. Hashtag free Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon actually uh, gets more carries here, 13 for 19. He got a couple of goal line carries as well, A.J. Dillon, and 
couldn't get it in, and so Aaron Jones comes in and gets the, the cheap second touchdown as well. The, the other touchdown was a, was a thing of beauty on a pass here. But to me, the biggest takeaway, other than Jordan Love, I think is a viable fantasy quarterback in deeper leagues, two quarterback leagues, that kind of thing, is Luke Musgrave. Again, like I keep talking about him, three for 50. Like, honestly, should have had a touchdown. Like, you know, it was a nice play by Jordan Love just to get out of, uh, out of pressure and get the ball to Musgrave. And Musgrave was sort of running backwards. But, like, if Love hits him a little bit more in stride, that's a touchdown. That's like a 60-yard touchdown, Connor. Yeah. And once again, it goes back to what you said all summer. He's on the field with He's these guys. The so the opportunities are going to be there for the pass-catching tight end. Jay, how about the 49ers offense, most notably led by Brandon Ayuk, who not only caught the two touchdowns in this game, he had one of the best blocks of the entire week that sprung yeah. Christian McCaffrey for a long touchdown. Ayuk is now sitting as wide receiver two of the weekend. He looked incredible yesterday. This is a complete destruction of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Brock Purdy looked magnificent as well. And Ayuk was 8 for 129 with two touchdowns. And he basically did that in a half. Like, they didn't need to do anything in the second half. So, I mean, that offense looks scary. That team looks scary. Like, that might be the best team in football right now. And Brandon Ayuk looks like he's going to be the guy on that passing offense, potentially over Debo Samuel. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it over summer. Sneak quietly had 1,000 yards last year, but it was a matter of will Ayuk get the volume in this offense, and he ran away with it yesterday. Not a huge day for Kittle, of course, who was dealing with the injury again. Not a, not a fluke. Brandon Ayuk was on, my, was on my preseason love list. Like, if you look at the – since he came back, like, over the second half of last year, what, with Brock Purdy under center, like, I think you could make an argument that the number one wide receiver on the Niners is Brandon Ayuk, not Debo Samuel. And we love Debo here. But that's just how many weapons the Niners have, just how ridiculously loaded they are. And to your point, Brock Purdy, like, again, very solid. Like, he is, he's 225, 250, and two touchdowns in the bank every week. Nothing exciting, but also just a very high floor as a fantasy quarterback. Yep, and I think we're just seeing over and over again that Debo's skill set does replicate Christian McCaffrey's more, and Brandon right. Ayuk is more his own kind of thing. Correct. Yeah, playing true wide receiver. Yep. It's not just all manufactured yeah. touches. And that second touchdown was just a ridiculous, yeah, yeah. A ridiculous catch a in the corner of the end zone. Our next one here, Barry, kind of gives the entire fantasy world a chuckle because it's Arthur Smith at his absolute best. As Tyler Algier sits as RB4 from the weekend right now, he has over 24 fantasy points. It's not that B. John Robinson didn't look amazing or didn't play a lot. Bijan played 65% of the snaps. But Tyler Algier is not going anywhere anytime soon under Arthur Smith. Okay, first off, um, it, it definitely <laughs> it definitely gave the fantasy world something, but it wasn't a chuckle. An evil, sad laugh. It wasn't a chuckle. Yeah, it was a sigh. It was a throw in there like, you know, and what's annoying here is the Falcons won. Like, I would love to sit here and bitch about Arthur Smith's usage, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. But they're 1-0. You know, like, what he's doing works. And, and to Tyler O'Gill's credit, he looked good. Yeah, he like, that's, that's the problem. He's good. The, he's right. legitimately good. He's legitimately good. <laughs> that's what's annoying. What, here's the thing. It's that, not Kenyon Drake. Honestly, what it is, is honestly, it's Sorry, much Kenyon. more of a, um, it's much more of a, you know, what's the word I'm looking for here? But it's, it's like a, it's a criticism, if you will, less of Arthur Smith and more of the Falcons front office. Yeah. Why would you spend a yeah, top eight overall pick on Bijan Robinson when you had Tyler Algier? Yeah. Like you did not need Bijan Robinson. Like they don't use Drake London or Kyle Pitts either, by the way. <laughs> I know it's unbelievable. <laughs> like, it what are you is. doing? Drop it actually is. Back right, or something. Drop, yeah. yeah, some defense yeah. for the love of God. Or maybe a quarterback that or runs an offense. Or it's not a training wheels that's offense. The, that's the one concern from yesterday. Yeah, Desmond Ritter did not look good. No, and that was actually another thing that me and Connor were texting <clears> about without you. Yeah, without you. But Desmond Ritter did not look. It's a kindergarten. How do I get on this text chat? Like I don't know if I want it, but like I'll put you guys on red and not respond. But it just, I just maybe a reaction. People, I can't tell you how many times in my life people be like, like I'm like, 
I didn't get invited to that party. They're like, uh, we didn't think you'd want to come. And I'm like, I didn't want to come. <laughs> I just want to be invited. I, I just want to be invited. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, you know, you're absolutely right. I like to stay at home. I like to be with my wife and kids. Like, I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want, I'm like already, like, I, my, my, you know, a theme of my life is leave me alone. But I want to be invited. <laughs> yes. I don't want to be rejected. I want to be invited. Um, that is the, but look, here's the thing about Algier. Played on 54% of the snaps. John did play 65%. But all four snaps inside the 10-yard line, he was out there. It's his fifth straight game now with 18 or more touches dating back ding to last season. It's a thing. And by the way, his touchdown run, his second touchdown run, was a thing of beauty. Like, that's the problem is, to your point, Algier is good. Bijan Robinson still has all the passing down work, um, which is positive. And Bijan's really good as well. Right. But I think the concern here is that, um, yeah, Desmond Ritter's brutal. And to me, the bigger takeaway isn't necessarily that, okay, Algier's going to eat into Bijan's, because Bijan's still going to be fine. It's that, A, Algier has standalone value as a flex play, and that Desmond Ritter and the success of these two uh, running backs is going to continue to kill Drake London and Kyle Pitts' fantasy value as we get to Sunday Scaries, Connor, because we should lead off with these two guys. Who's been more scary than Drake London or Kyle Pitts? You know who 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 had more receptions? Than uh, Drake London in this game, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> I swear it's to God, stat of the week. I mean, Desmond Ritter week. caught one ball for minus six yards <laughs> from himself. From himself, <laughs> but he's still Not a trick play, right? But Drake London had zero receptions for zero yards. Yeah, and the craziest thing is he had one target. It's not like Ritter played so poorly. So they didn't even try to throw Drake Right, I mean, like T. Higgins had a goose egg, but he got eight targets. Yes. It was just bad weather and everything yeah, like boring. that. Like, yep. this, this game was in a dome. Ritter's not good. He's not good. Well, Atlanta, he's, he's good not good, too. but Atlanta doesn't want to throw. I know. That's it's just the a combination. It's like the, the Mariota thing all over again. Right. We're it, right back to where it, we were. It is. By the way, and it, like if I'm in a crazy deep two-quarterback league where, like, speculative, you know, at the end of waivers tomorrow, like, just – Grab Taylor Heineke. Yeah. Because, like, if Taylor. I, I agree. Super flex league. Yeah. Super, I'm just saying, like, you're, you're in a 12-team super flex league where there's, like, no quarterbacks at all. Like, I don't mind grabbing and stashing Taylor Heineke because Taylor Heineke, while he is a flawed quarterback, he can throw. Yes. And he can actually get the ball to wide receivers. Like, he's he'll be like, you know, F it. Drake London's down there somewhere, and <laughs> yep. he'll throw it. And, by the way, Drake London will come down with it. And the thing is, too, they're not going to play a rookie quarterback making his first start every week, right? They were playing Bryce Young, who had some struggles. He threw the two interceptions to Jesse Bates. So they can run this script that Arthur Smith loves, right? Run, 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 safe, screens, all of that. They're not going to be able to play like that all year. No, no, they're not. And just before we get to break, just the Pittsburgh Steelers as a Sunday scary. Najee Harris did nothing. Jalen Warren did nothing. The bigger concern is that Kenny Pickett didn't look good at all. And I understand he's going up against the San Francisco defense. He was missing guys wide open. He had Deontay Johnson... Uh, in the middle, so uh, right. not great. Not a great um, uh, the, the only other one, Damian Pierce wasn't great, but I'm not worried about that one just yet. Again, remember last year he wasn't great in week one. It was all Rex right. Burkhead, and then he took off. I, I think Pierce will ultimately be fine. DJ Moore, that was a concern as well with the, the Bears, but they got they just got their butts kicked. I want to say that the one thing that I want to do and point out, so to your point about Najee Harris, like all the warning signs we had in the preseason, they're still there. Jalen Warren, uh, he's coming. Is also Rashad White, who is super inefficient, yep, yep. right? And so Sean Tucker, I think, again, in deeper leagues, Sean Tucker might be worth a speculative ad as well if you have Rashad White because he was concerned. He was concerning to me as well. 2.3 yards per carry in a game in which the Buccaneers moved the ball pretty effectively. We're taking our last break when we're back. It's our Monday Night Football preview for the Bills traveling to play the Jets.
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, we're back as we take a look at our most bet player props on DraftKings right now for Jets-Bills, the highly anticipated start of the Aaron Rodgers era for the Jets. Jay, as we see the board here, the top one, Josh Allen, over 36.5 rushing yards. But what's your best bet for this game? Yeah, so some bets are signs, some bets are art. This is a feel one. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over 3.5 rushing yards, Connor. I just think that the weakness of the Jets' offense is their offensive line. Bills have a fierce defensive line. I think Rodgers' new offense, I think he might be running around a little bit. And uh, we'll break a four-yarder. That's all you need. Yeah. Just one. Just right. Barry, what do you like? I got, I got two. Number one, I'm going to take under on Gabe Davis, 45 and a half receiving yards. We know how good that secondary is for the New York Jets. He was under that number in both games against the Jets last year as well. And I think the Jets will be as good, if not better. And also, just this is a narrative one. Give me Garrett Wilson anytime touchdown. Sure. I just, it's Monday Night Football. Rogers Jets debut. He want he wants Garrett Wilson to be a thing this year. Yeah, I think he forces a touchdown to Garrett Wilson. Oh, by the way, he's also really good. So yes. yeah, give me Garrett Wilson at plus money on an anytime touchdown. I'm rolling with the same thought, but for Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook is around plus one thirty right now. Anytime touchdown. I think you'll see a lot of Dalvin Cook tonight. Brees Hall will be back. He'll be active, ready to roll. But I'm looking at Dalvin Cook anytime touchdown. And as always, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And today. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code SNF when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Barry, representing Yeah, new the Yeah, the crown is mine, but also so is my Maryland Terrapins. My, my Terps are 2-0. and As everyone knows, it's been a week and a half, and I've been a diehard, lifelong fan of the Terps for uh, about a week and a half. They took care of those, uh, those pesky Charlotte 49ers. There we go. <laughs> yeah. 38 Pesky's good to describe them. When you watch the guy, Matthew? 38-20. 38-20. No, no. If you'd texted me, you would have known. I would have invited you over. But, nope. I watched it from a secret location. They take the Cavaliers. Virginia Cavaliers are on Friday. Uh, so, they take them on. So, here we go. Go Terps. You know, I grew up in College Station, Texas A&M. They got their butts kicked, whatever. You know, Syracuse won on a Patsy against a Patsy. So, yeah. Terps 2-0, and baby. Commanders 1-0. Everything's coming up, Virginia. Oh, there it. we go. That's it for Woo! us. We are back, back tomorrow. tomorrow. Waiver wired. For Jay and Connor, I'm Matthew. Peace out. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.